This episode is brought to you by Manscaped. Manscaped is a premier male grooming company with the star Lawnmower 3.0, and we want to be able to share the savings with you, our awesome listeners. Use the promo code BLUECHIP to get 20% off your next order. Don't let your balls down. Get the Lawnmower 3.0. Your balls will thank you. What's up, guys? Welcome back to the Big Shots NFL Draft Podcast. I'm your host, Mike Renition. I am joined once again, as always, by my colleague over at Blue Chip Scouting, the best co-host in the business, Devin Jackson. Devin, how you doing today, man? Oh, man, I'm not going to lie to you. I'm a little tired. It's, just <laughs> been, it's been a busy week helping cover the, the Final Four, and North Carolina do lived up to the hype, man. It was, it was fantastic. It's game. rare that a game that hype lives up to it. It'll, I would say it surpassed the hype. That that game was so much fun. I wanted <laughs> overtime, Devin. I wanted overtime for, for well, North Carolina. And I don't like either of those programs. I tell you, the only thing I didn't like is just way too many fouls called. Just way too many. See, the way thing is, many. is I was watching those games yesterday, Devin. We'll get into the, today's topic in a second. But... I was watching those games, and I went, there's only one team out of the four left that I actively would be okay with them winning and would root for them to win, and that was Villanova. So, Yeah, well, they're missing their best players. So, so we got Kansas and North Carolina, who I'm pretty sure have a combined 78 titles. Yeah, I mean, these teams are no strangers to a championship. <laughs> no, so we're not, no, no, we're no, not no. having a, a new new program win anything um georgia on top and in basketball uh, sorry in football and one of uh, north carolina or kansas on top in basketball la is uh L- la wins a title in football and oh god the nba we're gonna end up somehow getting like one of like the spurs or celtics or i was gonna say the spurs? lakers I don't know. I was trying to think of teams that have lots of titles. The only team that the only team that's actually in a proper playoff spot that fits that billing is, you know, the Celtics. And I'm never gonna, I'm, dude. I, I swear, if I have to watch this generation of Celtics teams win a title, I might be done. Uh, look, I don't think they're getting past the Bucks. Um, Lakers ain't getting past the the 11 seed. It seems. Why is it that, like, for the last month, the Lakers have managed to pop up on every single podcast? I don't know. There's been a Laker. You and I off-camera talk all the time about how the media loves to shoehorn in Lakers references, and apparently so do we. Yeah, they somehow make it on here, even though (laughs) they're not even worth talking about. And they're not even the same sport we talk about. So... Guys, I don't know about you. I've reached that point where I, I, I have a hard time keeping track of what day it is. Um, you know, with all of the, the work that Devin and I have going on, you know, professional life, personal life, all, all of that. It's very hard for me to keep track of days. But you know what day I never forget, Devin? I never forget Mondays because that means someone somewhere has put out a mock draft because everybody loves um, – I don't know. Alliteration, that's the word I was looking for. <laughs> so we figured we'd join in the fun. So this is the first half 
of an off-the-cuff, Devin and I have not planned this out ahead of time. We're going to do picks 1 through 16 today, and on our podcast later in the week, we are going to pick back up exactly from where we were and do 17 through 32. So, Devin, I don't know about you. We're, we're, we're in the last month. There's 24 days, as people are listening to this, until Roger Goodell gets up to a chorus of boos to announce the first pick. I think we kind of can't do the what we would do. It has to be what we think's going to happen, right? Yeah, that time has passed. All right. So how do you want to do this? Do you want I, – I, I have the board up in front of me, but do you want odds or do you want evens? I'll take odds. You're going to take the odds? So you are responsible – actually, are you responsible for your own team's pick? Nope. I very know. Okay. Cool. <laughs> You yeah, are responsible I, for one of the Eagles picks, though. Isn't it two of them? Because they have 15, 16, and 19, right? Yes, but today you are responsible oh, for Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right. So, Devin, with the first overall pick, the Jacksonville Jaguars select. Hang on. I don't know the ESPN noise. Uh... <laughs> oh, man. Anyway, uh, Aiden Hutchinson goes off the board first. I think this is a, uh, a no-brainer. Um, I understand they could go tackle here, but just based on the comments they've made publicly, they seem pretty content with their tackle room. I don't know if I will be completely content, but it, it's the Jaguars. I'm not, I'm not going to question any further. Aiden Hutchinson is going to be the big man. Uh, I just don't see a scenario where he doesn't go number one at this point. Yeah, it's starting to seem very, very likely that that's going to be the pick. I think basically since mid-January, that's been the case where everyone just kind of went, nope, it's not going to be Hutchinson. Uh, sorry, it's not going to be Thibodeau. It's going to be Hutchinson. And apparently Kayvon Thibodeau is just like absolutely despised by NFL teams. Like it, it makes no sense. I am on the board right now with the Detroit Lions. By the way, there's not going to be any trades because I'm doing this on, on the Draft Network and I don't have TD and premium, so... <laughs> I'm just putting that out there right now. Anyways, um, I'm on the board with the Detroit Lions. And going into the second year of this regime, we saw what they did last year. Obviously, they still need a wide receiver. It's way too early to pick one at number two. Although, again, they desperately need a wide receiver. Um, no amount of free agency money on kind of met wide receivers uh, is going to change that. Um, I can go edge. I could go safety and go Kyle Hamilton, who I think is the best player in this class. I could go quarterback, but I'm not going to uh, because that goes against everything I stand for in this class. Uh, <laughs> so I'm looking at edge and obviously, I mean, Kayvon Thibodeau is my number one at the position, but the NFL doesn't agree with me. And I think that we live in a world in which the NFL is getting way too easily wooed by traits without any form of tape to back it up. And someone in that building in a, for a franchise that knows that they have a long window to kind of get the ball rolling now that they're finally being run competently, they're going to try to get the most out of a player where he's got a very, very low floor. However, if you can teach him to play football, he's got a very high ceiling. I'm going to go Trayvon Walker out of uh, out of Georgia. 
Makes sense. If you didn't pick him at two, I was going to pick him at three because I think he's going top three at this point. Mm-hmm. I don't so you have think. the Houston Texans who need a lot. They need a lot. Um, TDN has edge, corner, safety, offensive tackle, uh, quarterback, wide receiver. Um, what's your mindset going with this pick? I'm thinking it's either going to be a trench pick or an edge pick because it's still too early to pick a corner. Um, I know Kyle Hamilton is on the board, but I just don't think the NFL is going to pick him in the top three. Uh, I just personally. So um, and, you know, I, I think tackle here probably should be the pick just because you want to continue to beef up the uh, offensive side of the ball and, and at tackle. And um, I'm going to go Evan Neal. I think you know you, that that was going to be where I would have gone too. Yeah, I think Evan Neal here. I think he has the left tackle, right tackle for Hang on. I have to reset the board because it uh, it picked the Jets pick for me for no apparent reason. All right, but so, uh, but yeah, we'll, we'll edit keep, that part out. We'll edit that part out. I'll, I'll keep going uh, here talking about Evan Neal. He has a left and right tackle versatility. Um, in in case the Texans. Side they want to keep someone at left tackle. Um, I, I just feel like he, he just makes sense. You know, he just has the versatility. He, he has the, the raw upside. Uh, we know he still has a ways to go to, to be a, a top tackle uh, in the NFL, but I think he certainly has the skill set, uh, the body to do it as well. Um, and I, I just feel like you, you got to address it and ask it off the board. I know he hasn't been a popular top three pick uh, as of late. I think he's been falling to like five, six, seven. But I, I just don't see how the, how much of a freak he is testing. I just don't see him dropping out of the top three. So I was going to say the same thing because with Evan Neal, the big thing with, with Houston is you have Laramie Tunsil for now playing left tackle. And that offensive line is still pretty bad. And you obviously need someone that's going to be able to step in and play right away at right tackle. And with Charles Cross, he's never done that. He's been a left tackle for his whole career at, at uh, Mississippi State. And he's done well there. So you don't really want to mess with the formula and flip him. Ika Mukwanu has been uh, a left guard into a left tackle. Again, it's teaching him a brand new position. Evan Neal started at guard, then his best year of tape arguably would have been when he was playing right tackle. So just keep him, and then he moved to left tackle, but just keep him at right tackle. He can play right tackle at a very high level right away. I think this is, that was a no brainer. I'm on the jet uh, on the board with the jets pick first of two in the top 10. I'm trying to think of a, of a, of a tandem that would make our friend Connor Rogers very happy. Because when he comes on in a month, I'm not really going to want to hear that I fucked up the draft. Damn it. I did it again. (laughs) Um, They have a lot of needs. Offensive tackle, edge, safety, corner, wide receiver, uh, trench play. uh, Oh, boy. There's a lot of questions around Mekhi Becton and what Mekhi Becton's future with this organization is going to be. You know, he missed all of last year. There were rumblings that he could have even been moved on. They seem to like George Fant. And if Mekhi Becton's not on this roster, they need someone. If Mekhi Becton is on this roster, they need help inside. I'm going to go with a Kemaquanu. It makes sense. I mean, 
you you got to take the tackles when they're there because they're not going to be there at 10. They're just not going to be there. And no. got guard versatility, obviously, on this tape as well. Could play guard if Mekhi Beckman comes back and looks like his old self. Uh, could take the tackle spot if Mekhi Beckman isn't ready and move him in the interior. So, I mean, you, you can't lose there for the Jets. So you were on the board with your first pick for the Giants in the next three selections. And everything I just said about the Jets, it fits with the Giants. Could we see a top five that is entirely edges and offensive tackles? I, I believe so. It, it could be that way. But you know what? I'm going to go Sauce Gardner here. I Ooh. think the Giants need that bona fide shutdown corner. They had James Bradbury, but we don't know if he's going to be back with his They basically situation. need to trade him. They basically need to trade him because they're still over the cap and they need about $13 million to be able to sign their draft class. Yeah, so it they need to get it done. But I know Charles Cross is on the board, but for the Giants, they just need to come in and, and get somebody that, that they want. And I know Kayvon Thibodeau was there as well, and that could have picked as well, and he still might be there at seven and could be still the pick. Um, but I, I just felt like at that moment, Amar Gardner is, is there, you take him. Because you just don't know what the Panthers are going to do. They could have done anything. But, you know, you put the pressure on the Panthers now to, I mean, they they need quarterback. They need, I mean, they still need a lot of things. So you, you put the pressure on them and you let the board fall how, it, how it's going to fall. Because if the, the Panthers go tackle, you can still go edge and get Kayvon Thibodeau and stuff. Yeah, absolutely, man. All right. I am on the board with the Carolina Panthers, the blue chip scouting group chats, favorite target in this, uh, in this off season. There's just a lot that you can make fun of the Panthers for. They need a lot. They need all the off the line help they can get. Devin, the last time they started the same left tackle two years in a row, Jordan Gross was that guy. And he retired in about 2012. It has been a long time. They need someone. And yes, there is a quarterback still there. However, you do have Sam Darnold, which is not much. However, you are paying him 20-something million dollars a year to be Sam Darnold. And as much as it would make sense to take Malik Willis, whoever plays quarterback for this team, whether it's Darnold this year or rookie this year, someone next year they need to make sure they don't get absolutely destroyed and they need to build an offensive line and they need to build an offensive line in the worst way so Devin, for the fourth time or sorry the third time in the first six picks an offensive tackle gets their name called i'm gonna go with charles cross out of mississippi state yeah i figure you might go that way um makes my pick at seven a little bit easier i understand Giants still need uh, talent that off the line, but you see that the top guys are now gone. You don't want to reach for a tackle at this point. You don't um, want to take Trevor Penning at seven? No. God, no. I, I don't want to do it. But look at Kayvon Thibodeau here. It just makes sense. Um, I, I just see him coming in and, and embracing the, the New York lifestyle. He, I think he's a personality that fits in New York. And I know people have questioned, you know, his love for football, et cetera, whatever. It's only going to be magnified in New York, but I think he can come in and, and be a, 
excellent tandem with Aziz Ojolari. I think it, that'll be a great duo. That's a you know what uh, Ojolari fell into their lap at like fifty one last year because of injury concerns, and if you watch the film, everyone knew that he was just phenomenal. This year, falling into their hands at seven is the best pass rusher in this class because well, people just think that he's little. He, he has the nerve to have focuses on, uh, on things outside of football, which is sacrilege, apparently. How dare Kayvon Thibodeau have any thought at any point involving something other than football? He doesn't even need to think about when he's hungry, Devin. He should only be thinking about football at all times. Even when he's sleeping, he should be thinking about football. I want to preface this by saying that with all sarcasm. Before we get to the eighth pick with the Atlanta Falcons, I just want to take a chance to tell everyone about the sponsor of today's podcast, Jersey House. I have a wonderful City Jersey Donovan Mitchell timely reference because this may end up being Donovan Mitchell's last year with the Utah Jazz after they blew yet another 20-point lead last night um, against the Nuggets? Warriors, not the same team. However, you know what? Before that jersey becomes a collector's item, Devin, I had to get on that. I ordered it about a week ago. It should be coming in soon. Uh, premium jerseys at a fraction of the price of paying 135 or more for an NBA jersey. They're comfortable. Devin, you've bought from them before. You have a very nice Odell Beckham LSU jersey. I have like a half a dozen from these guys. We wouldn't be touting them if we didn't like the product and you can save yourself a boatload of money by hopping on jerseyhouse.ca typing in the promo code big shots for 15% off your next order help give back to the podcast that's jerseyhouse.ca promo code big shots so i'm on the board now with the atlanta falcons at 8 and i Really was hoping that you were going to pass on Kayvon Thibodeau because Atlanta's needed an edge rusher since John Abraham was there. And they got the one year of Vic Beasley and then everything else involving Vic Beasley was bad. <sighs> so sitting on the clock here, I can go edge. Jermaine Johnson's there. I Part of me is thinking about pairing A.J. Terrell up with Derek Stingley, which would just be a scary duo. Um... Kyle Hamilton would make a lot of sense too because they they seem to always be in need of safety and edge rusher. However, I don't feel confident with this team going forward with Marcus Mariota, and I feel like this this franchise is very stubborn and won't accept the team openly trying to tank for a quarterback. He's from there. I'm going to go Malik Willis. He's from Atlanta, so hometown boy. We're getting a Joe Burrow type reunion also at some point a quarterback has to come off the board yeah i mean i was gonna look at nine to maybe take malik willis but make my job a little bit easier but yeah you're right i mean it's gonna happen at some point whether we like it or not um and i mean at eight they had to figure something out for the future because marcus mario is there he's he's got a two-year deal, but he's not going to be the long-term starter there. So, I, I mean, that this, I don't know what you do there. All right, number nine with the Seahawks. Um, this one's a tough one because – It's the Seahawks. <laughs> oh, yeah, you, you don't know who they're going to pick. 
But he also got needs at tackle, uh, quarterback, edge. And, uh, and I, I just I just sniped the, the top quarterback from you. Yeah, so, ah, man, this one's tough. You know, I'm, I'm, I think I'm going to go, let's see. You know what? They're known for reaching. So we're, we're going to go Trevor Penning here. They're, they're known for reaching, so, so why not? The NFL loves Trevor Penning so much more than any of us do. Like, if you watch the Northern Iowa film, you see a guy that is big, strong, and imposing, but prone to making mistakes. And if you want to say, well, he's athletic, well, so was Spencer Brown. Spencer Brown was arguably the better player with more upside and – was a better athlete, and he went in the third round. Yeah. It, I just don't get it, man. But like I said, we're here. And you just got to do what you got to do, man. I mean, they, they need a tackle. They just fly they do. Out. And they do. I just didn't think Jermaine Johnson was really a fit with their defense. So... That's why you know what? I decided to go Trevor Penny. I am back on the board now with the 10th pick and the New York Jets, who, if you remember earlier, took a Kamaquanu. So I took out the offensive tackle slash just offensive line in general need with the fourth pick. I can sit back here. They have, I think, four picks in the top 40 uh, this year. So they really need to hit on these picks. They can't wait around and, and go three and 14 or four and 13. Because that means that Joe Douglas is probably getting fired if they do again. So they need to hit on these picks and they need to hit on them early. Listen, Carl Lawson's been a great player in the NFL, but he's also never hit double-digit sacks and is coming off of an ACL tear. They need to hit an edge rusher. They haven't had an edge rusher since Calvin Pace, Devin. You know how long ago that was? You and I were still in high school, I'm pretty sure. We're now grown-ass men. So we need to fix that. I can't believe that we have made a situation where Kyle Hamilton has fallen out of the top 10, but I'm picking Jermaine Johnson, edge rusher out of Florida State. Makes sense. I mean, he's a, the best edge left available there, and you just got to take him, which makes my pick at 11 so much easier. I'm taking Kyle Hamilton. I, <laughs> the just, best player available? Yeah, you just take him. I understand they have a knee or receiver. But the way this board is falling, they're going to find a, a nice receiver on day two. That's how they found Terry McLaurin. So they they understand that you don't always have to get the first-round receiver. Plus, safety I mean, is a need. Him. I mean, safety is realistic and a need. I mean, Landon Collins is gone now. So you need someone on that back end that can do it all. And, and can't believe we're overthinking Kyle Hamilton this much, but here we are. I now have uh, Tyler Fornis' favorite team. And I know he reached out to me because he, he laughed he laughed a bit when I said that when, he, uh, when I mentioned that when he said uh, Malik Willis should go number two overall that I had thrown up in my mouth. Uh, I hope that this pick does not uh, make him return the favor. Uh, Kyle Hamilton was going to be my top target for this pick because I think that safety is a pretty big need for that team. And with Harrison Smith on the decline – they desperately need to find someone that can carry that back half for the next 10 plus years. I think someone is still there. And I think that at 12, this is a lot more in the area where I'm willing to forgive 
injuries and lack of playing time, this just makes too much sense, Stefan. I'm going to go with Derek Stingley. Yep, you got Pat Pete back on a, a deal uh, to to pair up with him. I mean, I, I think it's I think it's a a, a really nice pairing uh, between those two. I think it just makes sense. Um, now, now, before you you mention this, I just want to say it. So we are using uh, the Draft Network. I'm picking it from their TDN predictive board. Um, through the first twelve picks, um, eleven of them have been ranked in TDN's top twelve, with the lone exception being, I believe, Trevor Penning, who was thirteenth. There you have it. Just putting that out there. All right, thirteen here with the Texans. Um, we got Evan Neal with the first pick. Yeah, and see, this one's a tough one because. This is going to be kind of a luxury pick because everyone at the top are not necessarily needs per se. Like they don't need a receiver. It would be nice to add a receiver, but they're pretty content and they're on a receiver with Brandon Cooks, uh, Nico Collins, uh, and, and the rest of the crew. Um, there's really no edges that I would say fit the bill right now. Uh, at or the 13. value. So I think real. I know we we're not trading back in this one, but realistically, I think they would trade back because I don't think they see anyone on the board necessarily that they love. But for just the purposes of this mock draft, I'm gonna make a pick here, and and I'm going with Jordan Davis. Ooh, just get an absolute unit. Oh my god, I just realized the size of the two guys they drafted. Yeah. <laughs> Both you about gotta, six five, both about three fifty. You build in the trenches. Just two absolute mammoths. So I have the Baltimore Ravens, and I'll tell you right now, Devin Jordan Davis was exactly who I wanted for them right there. Uh, that would have made, oh boy, that would have made just. Can you, Baltimore, and their just love of absolute mammoths in the middle. When you think about Haloti Nada and. Uh, Brandon Williams and all these just gigantic human beings adding Jordan Davis would have been another fun one for them to add. However, I'm looking at what they need. I'm seeing defensive tackle. I'm probably not touching that right now, unless I want to go with Devonte Wyatt. I can't really be talked into edge for this group. Looking at interior offensive line. I don't really like what I see there in terms of the value. Zion Johnson would be cool. Tyler Linderbaum would be cool. Kennedy Green would be cool. But I'm not really content with taking them at 14. Offensive tackles being brought up, but if the best one available is Bernard Ryman, uh, I'm probably waiting in a round or two to take that because, geez, Louise, I'm not touching Bernard. I'm not touching a 24-year-old rookie that's not going to be able to start right away because he's not, he's so raw he can't tie his shoes. Um, they tried to go out and get – they, they tried to swing for the fences on cornerback Xavier Howard for a trade. That did not work. Uh, he ended up signing a mega uh, extension with Miami. I'm going to go with someone that I think that for whatever reason has been very much lost in the shuffle behind guys like Trent McDuffie, Kyler Gordon, uh, Kyir Elam, and for whatever reason, Tariq Woolen. I'm going to go with who I think is the – Third best corner in this class. Could have easily been talked into having him as my number two corner. I'm going to go with Andrew Booth. Yeah, he's getting a lot of round two hype right now. Um, 
Inexcusable. So, Inexcusable. Listen, I, I know this the NFL, man. You know how this goes. Why does the NFL overthink good players and replace them with bad players? Because potential. But some of these guys that they're talking about potential don't have the potential they think. Like we're talking about guys like Tyler Smith being potentially mocked at or drafted after Bernard Ryman because Bernard Ryman's got potential. He's almost 25 and still can't start. It is what it is, man. Uh, anyway, your Eagles. <clears throat> don't screw the this up. Me. There are so many good people on the board right now. <laughs> <laughs> I um, promise I didn't do this on purpose. No, look, I, I think I'm going to key in on receiver here. It just Three makes sense. Three straight first-round wide receivers. All of them are top picks, and I think they're going to go consecutively here and in, in the middle teens here. Um, I think – I try to think of the Eagles. Who would they like here? They got Devontae Smith, bit of a smaller guy. I don't know if they would pair him up with – Another smaller guy, Jamison Williams. I don't know if that makes sense. I understand kind of the concept. You want someone to take top of the defense. I don't know. I don't know, man. It, this one's a tough one because I could see him go, going either way, but I'm going to give him Drake London here. Ooh, that's exactly who I wanted. I think they need a big receiver. They just need one. You know, they, they need that reliable 50-50 guy in that offense because – they got Devontae Smith, who can be a separator, um, you know, in, in basically, you know, hold down his side of the field, be that um, X receiver. I think you get London, you can be the Z. Yeah. No. Uh, by the way, so long, farewell, Avita said goodbye to um, what's his name? Jalen Rieger. There you go. I wasn't going to say his name because he sucks so bad. Uh, <laughs> part of me is considering because they're both like, it's white. You know what? They've missed on so many wide receivers in the past. Like, Devontae Smith has been great. Jalen Rager has sucked. Then Remember in that Jalen Rager draft, how they drafted three of the same guy in Hightower? And um, who was the one that was good for us this year? What was his name? Why am I drawing a blank on my own favorite team's roster, Devin? This is weird. Oh, God. Basically, that... Mike's saying they're forgettable. Quez Watkins. Yeah, Quez Watkins has actually been the best of those three wide receivers. Uh, part of me is considering just saying screw it and taking Garrett Wilson as well, but I'm not going to. This one's easy. They need a corner in the worst way because Avante Maddox is a starter for this team. Uh, and Avante Maddox starting for an NFL team is scary. So I'm going to go with Trent McDuffie. And that will put a bow on the first half of the draft. So I'm just going to rifle through these picks. So Jaguars went Aiden Hutchinson. Lions go Trayvon Walker. Texans go Evan Neal. Jets go Akemakwanu. Sauce Gardner at five to the Giants. Charles Cross to the Panthers at six. Don't at me, Jared Feinberg. Seven, Kayvon Thibodeau back with the Giants. Uh, eight, Marcus Mariota gets to uh, be a mentor to basically the exact same style of quarterback in Malik Willis. Trevor Penning, because it's Seattle at nine. Uh, Jermaine Johnson goes 10 to the Jets, so they come away with a very solid haul in, with two top 10 picks. Kyle Hamilton falls to 11 
which uh, a month and a half ago would have been absolute sacrilege, and I'm pretty sure might still be sacrilege, 12 Derek Stingley, where again a year ago, if you had said he was the 12th overall pick, people would have laughed and thrown garbage at you, but here we are. Jordan Davis to the Houston Texans at 13. Andrew Booth to the Baltimore Ravens at 14. I hope you're happy, Nick Price. 15 Drake London to the Eagles, and 16 also to the Eagles is Trent McDuffie. So how are you feeling after that first half of the draft? I, I don't think it, you know, I, I sit back and think, and I don't think it's too unrealistic, the, the players are picking, because I think they're matching scheme fits uh, and, and exactly what they need. And I know interior defense alignment isn't what the Texans necessarily need. Uh, you know, well, people players. have identified, but he's a good player. You you figure out later what you're going to do with him. I know they still need to get an edge. You can get a day two edge. I think Arnold Epichetti, uh would be perfect for the Texans um, in, in round two or round three. But, uh, it, you know, that's why I, th- I think about, I think commanders get a, a slam dunk pick with, with Kyle Hamilton. I think you just, I know you want to upgrade the receiver room, but another position where you can wait till day two to add to, um, you know, you just let how the, the board falls. I think in that scenario, it's probably would have been a couple of trade ups and a couple of trade backs, especially with Malik Willis falling past six. I think there would have been a trade up probably for him, but uh, you know, just the way the board went, I think everybody got a need addressed you know, in, in some way or fashion. I think that's the important thing about the draft. You you take the value that's there with the exception of Seattle because Seattle does Seattle things. But it, doesn't he just feel like a Seattle Seahawk, though? He just feels uh, like one. Part of me was wondering whether or not, you you know, they they, they like to, to just throw positional value aside. That's how they ended up with Jordan Brooks. That's how they ended up with um, uh, Rashad Penny. Part of me thought that you were just going to draft uh, Brees Hall at nine. Oh no! I wasn't gonna go full. Wasn't gonna go full craziness there. Tyler, dude, I'm telling you, I I would not be shocked if the ninth overall pick is Tyler Beatty. I would turn (laughs) out the draft. (laughs) Like I like Tyler Beatty, but you can't put number nine overall expectations on him. You just can't. You can't on any running back for that for that matter because they're just never gonna live up to it. No. So that's going to do it for today. As always, you can find me on Twitter at Mike H underscore draft. You can find Devin on Twitter at real D underscore Jackson. Follow the show on Twitter at big shots pod. Follow our work at blue chip scouting, follow blue chip scouting on Twitter at blue chip scout. And we will see you guys on Friday.